C-A-M-P-A-D-U-L-T-H-O-O-D Camp Adulthood Bridging the Millennial Divide One conversation at a time Interviewing guests Strangers and friends We hope that you enjoy your stay at Camp Adulthood. Welcome to Camp Adulthood and the Resident Youth. I'm Camp Adulthood, Shay Keats. And I'm the Resident Youth, Maddie Yergi. Excited to be here. I'm excited to be here too. And listeners, we have a very exciting uh, episode for you today. Um, Very millennial topic to do a deep dive. Very millennial topic. We are going to do a deep dive on online dating. Yes. Although I don't know how much of a deep dive it's going to be, given that I brought very few facts to the table. That's but okay. I did bring two very good millennial moments. So yeah, well, we'll have some surprise interlude guests later on, also providing their experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously we'll talk from the heart. But to to begin, as as we always do, Shay, what's your millennial moment? Okay, well, I have two things that I wanted to com- comment on. The first is that my actual millennial moment for today is that even though I did much meal prep and even though I, you know, am a responsible adult, I still somehow had nothing to eat for lunch because I didn't meal prep any lunches and I didn't have anything that could be easily made into a lunch. So I ate suspect mashed potatoes left over from Valentine's Day. Which was how many days ago, Shay, was Valentine's Day? I I don't really want to think about it. I mean, that sounds like a delightful, did you and David have mashed potatoes as your romantic meal? Oh, we had, <laughs> it was very romantic. Uh, well, we had uh, steak and mashed potatoes and the people wow. who do eat shrimps had shrimps and delight. some green beans. It was very delightful. Um, but the, what really made it a millennial moment is then I had... Girl Scout cookies as my oh, mashed yes. potato dessert today. And it was a new flavor called S'more, which... Mm-hmm. I've seen this. I have not tried it. Though. I thought it was going to be a trash cookie, and it is delicious. Um, Love that. But more importantly, before you do your millennial moment, I think we need to do a hot take on the side parts and skinny jeans are for old. Oh, yeah. Shout out to... Um, I know it's been circ- it's now more widely circulated on the internet, but... Um, people sent me a bunch of TikToks and were like, oh my God, you have to talk about this on the podcast. So there's clearly a lot of interest. Um, Mm -hmm. I just think it's funny to watch Gen Zs go through the same things that millennials did like 10 years ago, where now they're a little bit older and they have more agency. And so now they're kind of becoming more in the zeitgeist and taken more seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just think that's interesting from a media perspective that it's like, this is popping off. Um, okay. I don't understand. I understand the gene thing a little bit. Agreed. Just look, like, I look at... Fashions change. Yeah, fashions change. I look at, like, Kelsey, who's been on the podcast, and, like, her friends, and, like, the way that they dress. It's a very specific aesthetic that's very, like, casual, more 70s, like, whatever. Fine. I'm going to continue wearing my skinny jeans. I'm not changing. Whatever. The hair thing, though... I talked to Joey, my hairdresser, about this, and he Mm -hmm. was like, I wear my hair in a middle part a lot, but I also have very, like, fine, thin hair. And he's like, unless you have very, very straight hair, middle parts don't work. 
Also, this whole debate just like completely negates women of color and their experience. So that I don't also love. And I feel like most people who have like a real middle part look like they're about 12 years old. So that's mm-hmm. fine for the Gen Zs, but not fine for the rest of us. So that's how for I feel. For the actual olds. Well, you know, it was interesting because I, again, felt the same about the skinny parts. And I'm not even getting into the laughing, crying emoji thing because I'm like, you know what? I'm going to continue using it. Yeah. Yeah, I continue. It's very expressive. And I think laughing, crying emoji also really embodies the elder millennial experience where you're like, it's good, but also I'm crying, but also what's happening. Yeah. Um, But this, the middle part thing is interesting because I do feel like I was coerced into having a side part and many times throughout my life. And right now I have very thick, very straight hair. So I have a lot of hair and I, I haven't gotten my haircut since before my wedding in September. And then I was, you know, going down the internet rabbit hole about side parts are for olds. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I should just middle part my hair. And I did. And it stopped looking shitty. So I was like, you know what? Maybe I just need to roll with the middle part until I get my hair cut again. Yeah. And maybe forever. We're going to see. Yeah. I look forward to that journey. But like you said, Maddie, I think it has to do more with your hair type yeah. than what's really in fashion. Totally. Agreed. So, anyway, what is your millennial moment now that I've hijacked the um, microphone? I, okay, there's two things. Sorry, guys. So much, so much to discuss. One is, um, I, there's people that I work with on my team. There's two married guys. And we, we always do this, like, sharing sharing time like we try to maintain the culture during the work from home and stuff and we'll have like fun questions of the day and just like talk about our weekends and stuff wait can i ask for a clarification yeah two married guys as in married two men men that are married to like other people like married to each other or married to outside women outside women yes okay yes two individually married men um and I'm obviously single now, ready to mingle, and there's the two or the three other women on the team have boyfriends. So it's like me, single, two married guys, three women with boyfriends give you a layout of the team. And so we're like chatting and I obviously, as everyone knows, huge reality TV fan. I talk about it all the time. These two guys have been holding out on me that they are watching The Bachelor and we're now like at the end of the season and I was like I would have chit-chatted with you about this like the whole time and then I was having a sidebar conversation with one of the other women and she was like I can't even get my boyfriend to watch like 40 minutes of The Real Housewives and then we were joking we were like it must be a married guy guy thing and so I'm very interested because I feel like there's a there's the honeymoon period where you're first dating someone and you're like I'll just do whatever you're interested in just because i want to sit on your face and then there's like the middle period where it's like we're going to kind of do our separate thing and we have shared interests but then my question to you is once you're married do you go back into the like okay now we're we have to do everything together because we're stuck together for life kind of thing Mm. this is an interesting question because I feel like I've had to give up a lot of tv that I like sorry David um and it's not that I'm watching things that he likes. Yeah, you're also watching... very busy. It's not like you're sitting around watching so much television. I know. It's true. I mean, if there had been a full season of Law & Order this year, I would be so far behind. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, so I feel like there's a part of me that's like you go through this period of like 
you're both kind of like acquiescing to the other person. And then you go through this, like, we're only going to watch stuff that's of mutual interest. Right. And, you know, for a while I used to kind of like occasionally hide out and watch other things, but yeah, I don't know. I think it ebbs and flows pending, pending one's life. But I feel like I don't watch a lot of TV. And right now we have a very distinct routine where it's like, we have dinner. And then we watch a show. Yeah. And then if it was an intense show, we maybe watch a less intense half hour comedy. And then we move on to our rest of our nighttime routine. So, um, yeah, I think it just it's something that ebbs and flows and changes. But I do miss watching medical dramas. Yeah. Sexy times medical dramas. Love that. Um, Great insights. My other small millennial moment is, are you familiar with Machine Gun Kelly? I mean, vaguely. Okay. What do you know about him? Just that he's a person? He's, he's a person. Okay. I'm going to Google him right now. Okay. I'm interested in your thoughts on his appearance, <laughs> um, which will become obvious in a second. But he is from Cleveland, actually. He went to Shaker Heights High School. So. Oh, I was like, is this why I know him? And he is a rapper, but he just put out an album that's more in the like early 2000s pop punk style and it's so good it's like amazing and i've listened to it on repeat approximately eighty-two thousand times and he's also dating megan fox and i think i just love their relationship and he reminds me of all the like grungy artsy guys that were at my high school that like i just wanted to bone them once but not actually date them like he kind of scares me but i find him so hot and there's a very fun video that i'll link to that it was like an interview that he did where it was like 10 shots and you either had to like answer the question honestly or take the shot and it's very very funny I find him very charming and yeah that's my new obsession is Machine Gun Kelly well first of all Machine Gun Kelly is much younger than I thought he was he's like he's older than me I think he's like 29 he's 30 I'm looking at it right now yeah um I mean Google has photos with... Are you looking at photos of him with Megan Fox? Like some, yes. She's old, too. I know. She has a kid. He has a kid, too. I don't know, because in some pictures, I'm like, I can see how he's a hottie, but then I look at his hair, and I'm just like, I don't know. I'm not into blonde dudes, though. Yeah. Clearly, he dyes it. But, yeah. Anyways, I would recommend... If right, you we'll want some pop punk nostalgia, listen to the album. The songs are really short. Um, okay. And it really brought me back to my youth. I like it. I like it. Yeah. And All right. no one's surprised. Okay. So to our actual topic du jour, we are going to volley back and forth and share our own experience as two millenn- millennials with online dating. Shay, what has your journey been? Well, as an ancient slash elder millennial, I feel like I have really witnessed the full evolution of online dating or swiping or whatever you want to call it. Um, You know, and and I've talked about this many times on this podcast, but I think it's really interesting that so when I was in college like online dating wasn't really a thing, right? Like maybe like eHarmony was something that like old sad people did or like spinsters or divorcees, but it wasn't something that like young 
attractive, relatively intelligent people did. So, you know, I think that that is really interesting. And it was still at the time period where you would go to a bar and somebody would hit on you or ask for your number or, you know, something like that. So I really kind of came of the dating age, you know, not only before apps and online dating was a thing, but you know, when you still had to ask somebody for your number. And sometimes when you were in high school, that was like your parents' landline. Like this is this is what we're talking about, what we're dealing with 20 years ago. Also a little sad that I've been, was on, like, it's been 20 so years long. of, yeah. yeah. I mean, I dated for really a good 20 years before I found David. How fun. Anyway, so it was really interesting though, I think for me personally, is that then I, so I graduated from college in 2006. I came back and all of a sudden I felt like there was maybe a little bit of a transition time, but by the time I moved to New York in 2010, um, the whole landscape had changed. And the idea of somebody like picking you up in a bar was like, who is that creep? Why is he asking for my number? Um, where, you know, a couple years before it had been totally normal and even expected. And now we were getting into, you know, all of these online sites and then which became, you know, transfigured, transmorphed into the, um, apps became more popular. And I dated on the apps off and on in while I was in New York, but I never really had a great experience. I mean, I never really had a bad experience, but I would always do it. Oh, okay. Wait, I have to back up the truck a little bit. So let me tell you a story first. Also, maybe tell Uh, our listeners if you remember what apps you were on before you back the truck up. I did match. I did... Bumble, that's where I met David. Yeah, I did that was Tinder. After, that was later. We'll get yeah. there. Yeah. I, t- I think I did Match. I did Tinder. I may have done Plenty of Fish. Is that one? Yeah. Coffee Meets Bagel. That's another one. Okay. Yeah, Cupid. I didn't do Coffee Meets Bagel. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, so, um, back yeah. in the truck up. But my first experience with online dating was in like 2008, and I was living in Cleveland, speaking of Machine Gun Kelly, and my friend Krista was like, you know where people are finding, uh, finding you know, boyfriends? And I was like, yeah, where? And she's like, in the personal ad section of yes. Craigslist. Nice. So did you do so, this? Yes, I did this. Amazing. So I went out, I think with a couple people, but I remember I went out with this one guy who was honestly so, so nice. And I was such a jerk to him. And I don't even remember your name, but if by some chance you listen to this and you remember you took this girl out for dinner and it was very nice. And then you took me over to your house that you were renovating and you were very hardworking young man and you kept trying to kiss me and I kept like ducking under your (laughs) arm like in doorways because I was not going to be kissed by you um this guy's probably a very fine upstanding member of society he was very respectful but yeah you weren't feeling it what it's all right you just weren't feeling it there wasn't a chemistry feeling it but my craigslist dating was my first experience I I can't believe I've never heard you talk about that and I've never I know I was just like wait a story I haven't shared. Yeah. Wow. That's um, amazing. Okay. So you're so in New yeah. York. You're, you like did some swiping. Did some swiping. Did some pre-swiping match.com. Um, I think this is my favorite. Again, nothing bad. Just it was like never worth the effort. Um, uh, 
and I had a couple like very funny experiences. Like one time I had met a guy and had been texting with him when I was on match and I ended up never like going out with him, like whatever we texted and then it fizzled. And then a few years later I matched with the same guy mm. on Tinder but I didn't realize it until he was like, what's your number? And I gave him my number. And then we started texting. Oh, my God. This <laughs> That's so I'm funny. such a jerk. No, this story gets worse. It's fine. So, my stories are going to be so much worse. Just you wait. <laughs> oh, well, maybe. Um, <laughs> so it when he when he texts me, because I never delete anybody from my phone, he like pops up in my phone as somebody I texted with before. And I was like, oh, shit. And I could see the whole conversation that we'd had several years before and he is verbatim using the same line. Oh my so God. I'm copying and pasting my, the same things that I said because I was like, no, clearly he's not going to respond in exactly the same way. And he did. That's and hilarious. I was like, I, I'm done with this. Um, oh my God, anyway. that's like a certain someone who we love and cherish who proposed to his girlfriend the same way that they asked me to go to prom. I mean, so it happens. They try it's their fine. hardest bless their little souls um so then what happened next so then i went oh yeah so, so then in New York, i you had like some dates yeah, here and there it was fine you know it was, it was good times i you know good times new york and then i moved to portland and my good friend uh laura not laura vincy former guest of the pod but a different laura was like hey you should get back on the app. So I'd been here for like two days and I've told the story <laughs> before and I got on and I was like swiping and I matched with a couple of guys and I was like, this is literally the dumbest thing. I was like, why am I doing this? I'm like living out in the burbs right now. Like, you know, and all of the apps are like, they geolocate right. you, most of them. So I was like, this is just dumb. And I was so like burnout on dating and online dating. And I was like, I, there's really no point in doing this. But I'd already started talking with David and he, um, you know, I was like, fine, I'll just keep texting with him. And, you know, I'm sure it won't work out like it doesn't work out with anybody. So was and, David the the first and only person you had gone on an online date with when you moved to Portland? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. I'm sure yeah, you. Would there was one sure guy I was like talking to, but then it like fizzled out, and then oh my god, at that point I'd already been That's dating amazing. David. So yeah, yeah, so you were kind of like, eh, I'm not really feeling it. What what about it? Like what about the? Now I'm just interviewing you about your life. What about I David's profile? If you can recall, did you like? And what was it about? Because that's my big thing with online dating is like, the profile only gives you so much. And I'll get more into this when it's my turn. But like some people are very different in person. Did you find that with David or was he pretty much as advertised on his profile? I think he was pretty much as as advertised. I mean, he was definitely very serious the mm -hmm. first couple times that I met him, as I've mentioned before on the pod. And I was like, he's too serious for me. And then my bestie was like, he's very cute and nice. And you're going to keep going out with him. And thanks yeah. to her, we're still going out and married, yes. aka. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think... The thing that was nice about David is that we didn't do a lot of like, because this is the the thing that I hate that happens all the time is like you match with someone. And I think this happened especially a lot in New York when everybody is so, um, you know, busy all the time and you're chatting and you're chatting and you start having conversations and they start yeah. getting kind you of intimate. You have to have a cutoff point for sure. Yeah. 
And with David, we were just both like, do you want to get a drink? Great. So we didn't really have a lot of like texty McTexterson back and forth. And I think that was the thing that I really hated because you'd be talking to like several people and having the same dumbass conversations. Right. So it's very nice to not be having those stupid conversations. How do you feel about being like a Bumble success story? Like, do you guys identify like, because I feel like you guys don't really talk unless it comes up like very specifically when we're talking about this topic that like you guys met on Bumble. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny. Cause like, I remember I have a cousin who's a couple years older than me and he met his wife, um, on the apps or this was probably pre apps. And I remember when they got married, it was all like, they met on the internet. Right. And now for me, like, like, it no doesn't seem weird. Like it just is like, Oh, we met on Bumble. We met at the bar, you know, it's yeah. all kind of the same. And, um, I mean, I do think a lot, like, it is a little scary to me how easy it would have been to, like, not meet him. First of all, because I accidentally swiped the wrong way, like, all the freaking time. So, it's very easy to do. I Um, think it's like, if you're meant, like, I think if you had swipe left on David, then you would have met him at a restaurant or, like, on a different app. That's very romantic of you. I think so. You're you're a secret romantic. I am. I'm kind of like, I never would have met him. I've also had a very particular week, so it's fine. But <laughs> anyways, Our very exciting. Bubbles. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I feel like I, yeah. So, I, so I'm always a little amazed by kind of like the fact that like a computer algorithm did yeah. that. Although I don't think there were that many people on Bumble out in the burbs. So right. maybe it was just you know, lack of people, but, um, yeah, that always kind of, uh, amazes me a little yeah. bit. So that's, that's my story. Yeah. It's a very interesting tool. Um, before we go into my side, we wanted to have sweet David because he's such a big part of, do you want to see if he wants to come? Okay. Yeah. Hi, David. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. I miss you guys. I know. We I'm miss ex- you too. I'm excited to come visit soon. Yes. Very I feel soon. like I've been saying that to many people for well over a year now. I know. But I've already seen you guys during the pandemic time, so I feel like I'm in the pod. It's true. And I still have That and you also had COVID. So. Yes. I'm well prepared. Although okay. I have not been following along with whether or not that really means anything. It really today's. doesn't. It's fine. Yeah. We're just living our best life. Okay. Down, down to business. So... Shay just shared what her experience was with online dating. So mm-hmm. would love the recap of how you started online dating. Shay shared that you were her first and last and only Bumble date when she was on Bumble. Were you also the same way with Shay? I'm guessing not, but just share just share your story. How you feel about online dating? Any hot takes? What, mm-hmm. what was yes. your experience? So I was super hesitant to go on there at all to begin with. Um, it took the harassment of multiple friends for me to do it. Um, and I would say if you take Shay out of the equation completely, um, it was not necessarily a positive experience. It felt like a lot of wasted time. Um, there were a lot of people that was like, instant red flags for me and i was just like can you give like an example of one it's just like uh very needy people Mm -hmm. and like wanting to kind of 
force things that aren't like necessarily real. Like I, I think there was a lot of like fakeness and people not really being genuine. And the issue with that is like, you know, I could say, oh man, you know, I love to um, do X, Y, or Z crazy off the fucking wall thing. And they'd be like, oh yeah, me too. And you'd be like, like ah, really? do you really though? <laughs> uh, that kind of stuff. So it was just like, he, I, I didn't feel like people were very genuine. And I don't know if that's something that's common or not. And just my general experience. Um, what apps before, were you on? Were you just on Bumble? Just Bumble, yeah. Yeah. And what made you um, choose Bumble? Uh, the recommendation of my friends. Oh, okay. Shout out so. to the friends. <laughs> um, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't interested in like Tinder or anything like that because I'm deathly afraid of STDs. So, and that was also not kind of the place that I was in as far as like just wanting to hook up with people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say largely it was it was pretty negative just because I think people weren't genuine. Um, and I was like super super close. To to uh, getting rid of it completely before meeting Shay because I was at the point where it was like I'd gone on a couple dates I talked to quite a few people and I was just like this is just a big waste of time like I'm I'm not interested anymore and I gave it a shot so everyone has to get off my back um, but then of course I met Shay and that changed things a lot so I, I think it's just like those type of things is very much a luck of the draw. Like either you have a good experience or you probably have many, many poor experiences. That was going to be my question. Do you think it was just luck of the draw that Shay was obviously a good match? Or do you think it was because either you or her were being more intentional with maybe your time? Like Shay shared before that she liked that there wasn't this like prolonged messaging time. Like you guys met up and could talk in person and maybe there was more of a connection there. So do you feel like it was mostly luck or do you feel like there was more intentionality behind it? Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's definitely some intentionality behind it because in general, in the conversations with Shay, like it was pretty clear that we were both after kind of the same thing, you know, um, and that's really important. And not only that, but she I felt like she was very genuine about things. Um, and so I, I think if anyone is listening and they are not finding good results out of doing the online dating stuff, I would say, you know, maybe take a step back and be honest to yourself about whether or not you're being genuine to these people and you're actually on there for the right reasons. Yeah. You're energetically going to get back what you're putting out there. Yeah, exactly. And again, I mean, I, I wasn't on there super, super long, but I was definitely to the point where I was like, okay, I'm done with this. Yeah, you felt burnt out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think when you're I think when you're taking it seriously, it's easy to get burnt out on it because I mean there the fact of the matter is there's a lot of people out there just not a good match for you, you yeah. know. Interesting. Do you because you are a bumble success story, you and Shay could be like on a you know, one of those commercials or something. Do you, does that resonate with you? Or do you feel um, like if you had swipe left on Shay, you would have found her somewhere else? I don't think that I would have found her somewhere else. Uh, I definitely have a little bit of an appreciation for 
Bumble in that regards. Um, I have zero interest in putting my face out there. Yeah, no, that wasn't uh, a serious suggestion for, or a thought uh, exercise. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, yeah, the idea of doing that is like uh, you'd have to pay me a lot more for yeah. me to to do something like that. Totally. I know, I'm, I, in general, I'm a pretty private person. Yeah. Cool. Anything else you want to share before we turn you back over to your job? To my normal day-to-day job? Uh, no, I'm I'm ready for COVID to be over. I want things to be a little bit more back to normal. I feel yeah. like the stir-crazy is finally getting to me, and I'm kind of a type of person where I'm okay hanging around home. Yeah, that's a yikes. Well, <laughs> looking forward to seeing you soon. Is Shay yes. standing over there? Is there anything? She can't hear me, but does she want you to say anything else? that you didn't already do you, say. Do you want me to talk to anything else that I didn't or have any other additional questions? Um, it sounded like you hit all the things. Um, yeah. Did you, you said how long you were dating before you found me? I didn't give a specific amount of time because I don't even remember, to be honest. It wasn't super long, but it was long enough for me to be like, eh. Yeah, like a few well, months, maybe. I think maybe yeah. interesting, maybe speak a little if you're comfortable doing this, like talking about how, because there was like, what, eight years between when you dated, you know, Christine and then met me. And what was the dating world like as like a 22-year-old elder millennial versus a 32-year-old uh, man. Yeah, so I guess, I don't know, could you hear Shay? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. So I think there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of people out there that'll claim when you get out of a relationship, all that time passed can potentially like have you kind of be back in that same mindset. Um, I, I've heard that a lot and I, I forget the the way that they actually coin it, but um, I feel like I really took a deep look at myself and my wants and needs after my divorce. And um, I evaluated things. I went to therapy. You know, I did a number of things for me before I even considered dating uh, again. And so for me, I think I was in like a much more mature place. Um, So I think that when I was dating when I was in college versus what I was after when I wasn't was, you know, like a completely different thing because I kind of learned from, you know, my previous relationships and really took those things to heart that were important to me um, and, you know, looked at myself too and said, hey, you know, where were my failures? How was I a poor partner? What could I do differently in relationships? So I, I think I think there was so much that had changed about me. It's really hard to be like, oh, dating in XYZ time when I was in college was different in, you know, a certain number of ways from now. I don't know that it was really that different. Um, obviously there's like a ton more dating apps and things and that's just a different way to meet people. But at the end of the day, like it's very much like 
what you put in is, is going to be what you take out. So if, if you're being serious about it and you're being honest with yourself about, you know, your shortcomings and, and the things that are important to you and the things that you need to be doing to have a successful relationship, um, you know, you're going to get in what you get out, I think, regardless of how you meet that person. Yeah. Love that. The intentionality. Yeah. I think that's great. Is Shay giving you the thumbs up with that answer? Shay's on her phone. She's oh completely God, wow. ignoring me. I wow. am not ignoring you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, David, for your insights. Yeah, of course. That was great. I, I love David. He's so intentional with his time. I know, right? So I thoughtful. Like that. Such a thoughtful guy. Hey, campers. Maddie here. Before I go into my sharing portion of my experiences with online dating, we wanted to introduce Lily Womble, who is a dating coach extraordinaire. She's been on the podcast a couple times, so if you haven't listened to her episodes, definitely search for those and give those a listen. But we asked Lily to provide her top tips and tricks for online dating for a millennial audience, so really excited to hear her take. So without further ado, here's Lily. Hello, Camp Adulthood listeners. This is Lily Womble here, founder and CEO of Date Brazen, and I get to help badass feminist women build dating lives that lead to extraordinary relationships and also that feel like self-care. So I want to talk to you about the mistakes that I'm seeing millennial people making in their dating lives. Chief among them is thinking that a dating app is going to solve your dating life. Uh, You know, I think that, you know, dating apps are addictive by design. They were designed to be like slot machines. Even those that say they were designed to be deleted, (laughs) hinge, uh, they were designed to addict to you so that they can, uh, you know, share on their fancy spreadsheets at their year-end board meeting that they made more money, right? So you have to really decide how you are going to engage with a dating app in an empowered way. Because a dating app is not the answer to your dating life. You are the answer to your dating life. And it's important to note that, you know, dating apps are addictive. They also um, trick your pleasure center in your brain to crave those cheaper rewards like matches and messages, which don't necessarily lead to what you desire. So if you desire a relationship, if you desire something that goes beneath the surface of how was your weekend, (laughs) or uh, that actually goes to a great virtual date and then in-person date, then it's about having a compassionate plan of action that feels like self-care in your dating life. So what does it mean to have a compassionate plan of action? It means that you really look at what is this dating app doing to me cognitively? How many hours or minutes am I spending on it per day and why? What thoughts trigger me to pick up a dating app? Usually what I find with my clients is that, you know, thoughts of scarcity um, and thoughts of uh, fearful thoughts uh, trigger them to pick up dating apps and keep swiping, keep searching, keep messaging. Similarly, uh, when you pick up a dating app because you're bored, uh, your brain likes pretty faces, of course, but a dating app, if you're looking for something deeper beneath the surface, if you're looking for an intentional relationship, then you need to put an intentional action. Intentional action leads to intentional results. So... I encourage you, if you are dating right now and using a dating app, I encourage you to really notice what's going on in your own brain, what's what's triggering you on that dating app, what deeper thoughts are you having about yourself and your uh, you know potential for your future dating life and love life, um, what thoughts are you having as a result of being on dating app, 
do some self-compassion because some shit's going to come up when you think beneath the surface. And then once you've, you know, really been present with yourself and recognized what's in the room for you dating wise, choose to set boundaries in your dating life. Like set a 20 minute timer when you start swiping and messaging. And after that 20 minute timer goes off, put the dating app down. It means asking deeper questions than how was your weekend or that's a cute dog. What's his name, right? If you want something more intentional, if you want something deeper, then it's time to be really bold in your question asking in a messaging context. So asking questions like, hey, what's bringing you joy this week will allow somebody to show up for you if they are the type of person that is right for you versus trying to be for everybody and their brother on a dating app by asking boring questions and nowhere questions, I call them. So those are a couple of action steps. And I really want to encourage you to um, to explore what, how would dating feel like self-care? Um, you know, there are several steps that I teach that can help you make dating feel like self-care. Um, because here's the deal. Dating is a microcosm of every hope, dream, fear, insecurity, desire that you have as a human being. Your dating life really matters to your overall well-being, And so the way that you approach dating is, uh, is, really important to your mental health and your emotional health. So creating a plan of action that feels like self-care can look like self-compassion. It looks like bragging. It looks like big mindset shifts um, away from the numbers game and to the mindset that you are for the few, not for the many. And if you want to dive deeper into how to make your dating life feel like self-care, if you want a practical step-by-step guide, then I would love for you to go to datebrazen.com and get my free how to make your dating life feel like self-care guide. Totally free. It has the steps. It's an excellent workbook for you to kickstart your dating and self-care journey. And I can't wait to support you. Uh, You can also listen to the Date Brazen podcast to get a weekly dose of dating joy and uh, pep talk for your dating life. You need the pep talks. You need the encouragement um, because you're the answer to your dating life. It is possible to find what you're looking for. And I believe, I'm over here in Brooklyn believing that what is meant for you will not pass you by. Mm-hmm. Um, very cool. Okay. All right. Well, Maddie, tell your story. Um, I feel like there's a lot of similarities, but also a lot of differences. Obviously, I am younger. And so I was on dating apps in college when we lived together. And at one point in time, I yeah. had Tinder, Hinge, and Bumble. I know one of the questions you had, Shay, when we were talking about this earlier, what is kind of the difference about Hinge? Yeah. And it's not a swiping model. So Tinder and Bumble, you swipe right or left. Hinge, you like read through the profile. And then if you want, if you like the person, you have to find an aspect of their profile that you like and comment on it. And the reason Mm -hmm. why I like this is it's less like slot machine-y. Like it's Mm -hmm. less instant gratification of like swipe right or left. And you can really tell, like, when you get your likes coming in, if someone even read your full profile. Like, if someone just likes your first picture with no comment, you're like, oh, they were just going through all the things. But if they liked maybe something you wrote instead of a photo, or they put a really thoughtful comment or something, um, it's a little bit more intentional. So I, I like it for that. I feel like it's kind of a mix between, like, Match and, like, a Bumble or a Tinder in the format. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, I was on them in college. We've talked about this over the years. Shay and I were living together. I was just, you know, bopping around. I went on, I would say probably like two to three dates per, maybe like six guys. I wasn't, but I was also to Shay's point, 
like I was in college so I was also picking up guys just like from being out too so I don't necessarily have that experience of like remembering what it was like at the bars and then that kind of went away like I always felt like I could meet people in person and I was going to a lot of like fraternity events and that kind of thing um and in terms of like that I I just found I wasn't being super intentional to it to to what David was just talking about it's like Mm -hmm. it was just kind of there and like I don't know like I had I had some good dates I had some not so good dates but like nothing that was past like a third date maybe and then at the end of college I got into the relationship with Corey which was not from a dating app um my senior year and then it only has been in the past I don't know two three weeks that I am now on hinge and I also echo what David was saying about you know getting out of a long-term relationship trying to unpack what went wrong in those relationships what your responsibility was to that and doing the work and trying to be really intentional with it and I've been working with Lily the dating coach which she has so nicely agreed to give us a little blurb for this episode from her place of expertise and um you know using your time wisely like these apps take up a lot of time and to me they are really just a tool it's like a pool of people like if you're walking down the street you're not going to be attracted to every person that you see they're not going to be good for you but there might be one or two people that kind of come across and you have to figure out what qualifying and disqualifying questions are you going to ask these people um and also having like a cutoff point where you're not going to do the like endless messaging which leads to I feel like most people get the burnout from the endless messaging or the endless swiping and not getting matches and really if you don't know what you want it can be super exhausting but um yeah recently um I like hinge I feel like most boys don't know how to take photos of themselves that look good or realistic which is really a double whammy it's like at least make them realistic if they're not going to be good mm-hmm. but just like if they're random ass blurry photos why is that on there um i like hinge because i think its whole ethos is which it's it's all marketing which we'll get into shortly of like why i think hinge kind of has the corner on like bullshit marketing around like this is a relationship app, not a hookup app. And Bumble has the bullshit marketing around it's a feminist app when like it's really not, I don't think. Um, Mm -hmm. But I have found that like, you know, you're going to have less matches, but if you are actually seeing what people are putting out there and being intentional about it, you can have good results. Um, But I was on this app. I don't know. I was like swiping and then, um, I've been dating this one guy. Hello, Jim. I know you're binging the podcast as we speak, so hello. Hello, Jim. Um, he's a delight, but yeah, I don't know. I like it. I, I see it. I see online dating as a tool. And to your point, Shay, when I was on the apps in college and even seeing my friends, and this was not that long ago, this was like five years ago at this point, like there was such a stigma. Like I remember when my cousin, she met her husband on Tinder and it was like, they didn't really tell anyone until they got engaged like actually how they met and it was crazy Mm -hmm. and that was maybe three or four years ago and now it's the complete opposite where when I got out of my relationship both my mom and my aunt like various family members who are not millennials it was like a mere weeks after Corey and I had broke up they were like 
when are you going to get on the apps? Like, you have to put yourself out there. And, like, my aunt, actually, her stepson got a Hinge profile, and he's, like, dating this girl, and they're super, super happy. And she was like, this is the best app. Oh, my God. my I think Jim's at my door. This is crazy. <gasps> I told him to come at 7. He's five minutes early. Oh, he's so responsible. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. We are again. recording once again. Okay. Lots of editing. Hello. Watch happen. All right. So we've talked to David. So now it's my turn. And mm-hmm. I'll just do a little. I'll probably well, move this around. But Lily's thing as well. I have to. We have to record something about that. Yes. Well, and I think, too, now I'm remembering where you were. You had just kind of talked about your experience. Um, so More listeners, like college we, days. we had to take a little break <laughs> because Maddie had a visitor. Um, so, and she couldn't leave her visitor standing outside in the cold. Uh, so you were talking about your college days and how you really just started getting into online dating for the first time as an adult in like the last three weeks. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And okay. So I've been doing a lot of work with Lily, the dating coach. We love her. And she's been on the podcast before and she's contributing a little clip to this, um, episode which we'll splice in later but I feel like my biggest thing coming out of my last relationship is I really did enjoy being single in college but I feel like being single in college is very it's a unique experience you know what I mean it's like you get to do things and experience things that that's not you are an adult but it's not real adult dating and when I was on the apps I wasn't really taking it very seriously it's not like I was Mm -hmm. fucking around and trying to you know like be a dick but like I wasn't looking for something serious at all. And then getting out of my last relationship, I really didn't, I quite frankly don't want to waste that much time. Not that I think that my last relationship was a waste, but it's like you can only have so many four-year relationships before it's like too much, you know? Mm -hmm. So figuring out when to say no, trusting my intuition, all that kind of stuff. And Lily always talks about the dating apps are a tool, which I think was very illustrative in what you and David were talking about of like it's not the be-all end-all but it is a tool and can get you to where you want to go faster Mm -hmm. and so I chose Hinge because I like that you have to like an aspect of the profile I don't like the expiring matches on Bumble I certainly didn't want to do Tinder because that was like too much of a funnel and um, I was swiping around and I matched with this other guy, Bill. Hello, Bill. I'm sure he's not listening. Um, And that was the first, after I had maybe been on the app for like a week, he was like the first match where we had kind of a sparkly back and forth. And then we went on the date and I was like, okay, this is good. And I kind of was using the dating apps not as like be all end all, but just like I want to test out. I don't even know what it's like to like be on a date. Like, what do people even do? Like, what is this app? You know, like there was a lot of those thoughts and feelings. And I was like, I've been doing all this internal work. I really need to rub it up against another person and see if this works in the real world or if it's all theoretical in my brain. And like the date with Bill was fine. I kind of left it. I felt good about it because I was like, I went out there. He was very nice. Whatever. And I was like, okay, like we we might see each other, we might not. I kind of left it in a neutral place, but I was feeling like pretty positive about it. And then I swiped right on Jim. And I'm not going to talk about it because that's weird because we've only known each other for a week, but it's going very well. 
Oh, I can't hear you. Are you on mute? Did you mute yourself? Yes, I muted myself because the camp adulthood mascot, <laughs> one Miss Benson Keats, is going. We love it. So, anyway, uh, I wish the listeners could have seen me waggling my eyebrows at Maddie. I was waggling them. Yeah, I think the thing that I enjoy about online date, like to me, the apps, it's just, it's just meeting people. It's not. I think you had mentioned this too. I hate the like endless messaging back and forth. I think. Jim and I exchanged like four or five messages back and forth before he was like, do you want to get drinks like two days from then? And I was like, yes, I feel like this is enough momentum. But I I also had enough information from his profile and from those messages. And I think this is really important. And guys, the men's profiles on dating apps are really atrocious. I was talking to Jim about this because he was like, sunglasses are the worst and i was like sir you have two pictures with sunglasses on your exact profile so Mm -hmm. i don't know why you're being judgy mcjudgerson when you're also the worst so anyways Mm -hmm. i think there's like a a certain level of um self-awareness but i had like these are the things that i need to know about someone before i would get off the app and go on an actual date with them and like all of those boxes were checked But then at the end of the day, it's so hard, even with Hinge, which I like the way that they do their profiles, because I think there is a little bit more room for putting more intentional questions and things and photos. But even then, it's just like sometimes I'm looking at these people and I'm like, I don't know anything about you from the profile. And then we're like not having a sparkly conversation. And with Jim, it was like, I knew enough about him on the profile. I wasn't sure if I was like very attracted to him. And then we sat down on the date and I was like, oh no, I'm in trouble. This is not, this is going, I say it's not going well, but he's going to listen to this. It's fine. Uh, Jim. We love Jim. Jim and I, we already, we already have a tracker with the dates that we're going to go on. Like, I don't even care anymore. I'm just going to like allow myself to be excited. (laughs) I, this is hot takes coming in from the Camp Adulthood Studio. Peeps. I know it's fi- it's honestly fine. I probably She's shouldn't. All but a Twitter, what sparkly eyed? I am. I'm. I was talking to Lily about this because I'm like I w- like want to be single and want to like see what's out there on the apps, but I'm also I want to like allow myself to be excited and like feel the feelings. So it's really interesting. Uh, Maddie, can you talk a little bit more about the program that you're doing with Lily and what that looks like? Jim 100% doesn't know that I'm doing this, by the way. So if he finds out by listening to this, that's fine. I'm not, I have no shame. I'm working on myself. Um, Great. Talk about it then. I just think it's really interesting because I was encouraging of Maddie to do this, but also had some suspicions and it's just gone above and beyond what I think we thought it could be for you. Yeah. So it's basically like, in conjunction with like actual therapy which I've also been doing and I think that's important like if you're working with any type of coach and Lily's the first one to say this like any type of coach I think it works well if you are working with a therapist currently or have the framework of therapy and therapy is something that I've done on and off throughout my adult life I haven't done it you know consistently But after my breakup, I was like, there's a lot here that I want to do. So that's kind of my caveat up top. But what Lily does, she um, 
is a dating coach. That's like how she bills herself as. And this program, I literally like Corey and I broke up and then it was like three weeks later, I follow her because she was on the podcast and she was opening up a new cohort for the Brazen Breakthrough. And it's basically for a four month long program and it's like group coaching and a lot of mindset work and the first month. And it's a lot of like, we have group coaching every week we do exercises. There's like a lot of journaling. There's a lot of meditation. There's a lot of like, we have a Slack channel. So there's a lot of like back and forth on that. The first month is unpacking past relationships, figuring out what are your patterns with dating. And I'm not the usual client. Like most of the people in this program are like burnt out from swiping. They're women that are like in their mid to late 30s who have been single for a long time and aren't finding what they're looking for. So I'm definitely on the younger side and coming out of a more serious long-term relationship. I didn't know if it would be for me, but I was like, I was truly terrified of living alone. And I was like, I just need something that's like, I just need like weekly things to do so that I'm not just like staring at the wall in my apartment that I used to like share some space with someone. And I was like, this will be productive. I don't know if I'm going to be ready to date at all through the course of this program. Because the whole point, it's like month one, you're unpacking a lot of shit, doing a lot of internal work. Month two is kind of building up the strategy of like how to go back out there, how to date. And then month three, which I'm in right now, is re-engaging. And that's when we all get on the apps and like start doing it. And then month four is just kind of like, okay, we'll see like where everyone's at. Because everyone's at very different stages like... I'm on the apps and going on dates. There's a couple other people that are. Some other people are like, I'm not ready, that kind of thing. Um, and so, yeah, she just talks through situations. I like it because it's like therapy, a lot of internal work, but it's also very tactical advice. And I've taken it very, very seriously. I've done everything, even the things that I might not have agreed with on its face to get to this point. And... I really think, truly, if I wasn't using the framework of Lily's program, that Jim and I wouldn't have connected because he's also someone, I don't want to speak for him, but like he's also someone that is doing work on himself and stuff. And I think he saw, we saw that in each other. Um, so, yeah, I lost my well, train of I thought, but I what wanted else is to, Sorry, I thought I, I was trying to butt in and I was like god Maddie's rude she keeps talking over me and then I realized I was still on mute because apparently you have to press the button multiple times to get it off mute anyway you think after almost four years I would know how my actual mic works but what I wanted to say something that you said that was really interesting um and remind me of our conversation with Jenny Mainpaw who's a therapist uh former guest of the pod is that it's really interesting to do this combination of therapy and coaching and to remember that therapy looks backwards and coaching looks forwards therapy most traditional talk therapy now not saying all therapy isn't meant to necessarily give you tools to build the future, right? It's giving you tools to deal with the past. So I love the idea that you're doing those things in, in conjunction. Yeah. And I think that's why, like when I, when I'm on the apps, it's like, it's in a very specific container. It's like, I do specific things before I get on the apps. I don't have push notifications. I'm on it very intentionally. I have all of my deeper preferences kind of mapped out. I have questions that have been vetted to get to those deeper preferences. Like, it's all very methodical. And then 
it gives me a sense of calm because like when I went on the when I got off the app and went on the date with Jim I was like I didn't have low expectations but I just had no expectations and I was like it'll just be like the date with Bill like whatever like this is fine it's like a Saturday night I'll hang out with some nice guy he'll buy me a drink it'll be great and then I'll go home and I'll watch Love Island and um I think because I had done all that work it was like I I didn't have a lot of pressure on the date of like okay I need to like know all these things about him because I already had a little bit of a framework and I was like if it doesn't work out I'll just bless and release him which is like a lily thing of like wishing someone on their way um so I felt very that's something that I'm was nervous about getting on the apps is like I don't want to be on the apps forever they're kind of a cesspool but I also want to see what's out there because I've been single for so long and like see what see what what the vibe is um but then it was like very much over once I saw Jim. So I'll let you guys know how my swiping goes when I'm back on the the swipes. Right now I have no oh, matches. Man. Or maybe I won't. Well, I don't know. We'll see. You know, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Well, I love this this real spectrum that we've covered in this episode. Um, but, you know, I think, Maddie, unless there's more you want to say about your experience. Um, no, there's I just a think lot... like on a... Oh, go ahead. No, I would just say we wanted to talk a little bit about what's going on in the world of online oh, yes. dating, uh, you know, today in 2021. We talked a little bit about what it looked like, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. But what's happening now? What's exciting? What are the fact tidbits that we have yes. to share with you? So many tidbits. Um, this is a, a statistic that I saw that 30% of people on dating apps will never go on a date from that app which I thought was really interesting. And I think that illustrates oh, interesting. how many people are just like on there just to see or like they're not really taking it seriously or they're not finding anyone that they connect with. So I think that's really interesting that like as you're swiping, a full third of those people have not been on a date from that app before, which it might also just mean that they're new too. Maybe you could be mm-hmm. their, their date. Um, I thought that was really interesting. I think... This is something that we haven't touched upon, but dating during COVID too. Like now the apps, I thought this was really interesting on Hinge. Hinge now has like a video feature so you can like do virtual dates within the app, which mm-hmm. is very interesting. The whole like virtual dating concept, um, which I yeah, have not done, no, but necessary. Lily is very into it, um, even during non-pandemic times. And I know people that have done virtual dates. Um and I think they're a good way to like suss out information and like do you have a general general banter, but I think you can't assess chemistry until you meet someone face to face. That's I mean, I think that's probably true. Because I've, I've never understood like, people who are like I'm in a long term relationship with some, like ninety day fiance. Yeah, I mean I was there, like that was like mine and Corey's relationship. Like we Skyped for two months before we had ever met in person and so I'm also very cognizant of like I don't want to do that again <laughs> not mm-hmm. that it was bad but like I don't want to get emotionally invested in in something without being very intentional about it um and not making sure that it's like there is it's checking all of the boxes not just some of the boxes and I feel like if you mm-hmm. get it's the same with like the texting if you get in this like texting loop like, mm-hmm. yeah, you could have a real sparkly texting conversation, but that doesn't mean that they're a good person. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I thought that was really interesting. I think we can talk about the Bumble IPO, obviously. Yeah. And we alluded to this up top, too. I think, like, Bumble and Hinge are both interesting because they've positioned themselves kind of as the antidote to Tinder and some of these other profiles. Like, Hinge's whole marketing is, like, we're the app that's designed to be deleted. We're for relationships and, like, serious people. And Bumble is all the, like, feminist stuff. And there's a really interesting article that I'll link to about why this is just like a marketing thing and the algorithms and the way that the apps work is not really any different and doesn't lead to like different outcomes than any of the other sites, including Tinder. Mm. So I think that's really interesting. And it just goes to show like there is a lot of power in the consumer and it's about how you are using the tools and what you're looking for in a match and how you're intentionally messaging and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's not... Like, the algorithm of the app is not going to solve all your problems, and it's also not going to, like, ruin your life. So you can't make excuses of, like, oh, all the men on Hinge are trash. All the men on Bumble mm-hmm. are trash. Like, it's not it's not the case. Like, it's the same. It's, like, the same pool, you know? Yeah. So I think yeah. that's really interesting. Um, and I just think, like, generally... Oh, so going to the Bumble IPO. So Whitney Wolf, I think her name is. She's a, she's a Kappa. Um, oh, she's the youngest. That, and her name is... Whitney Wolf heard, and she launched the dating app in 2014. Yes, and she is the youngest woman to take a company uh, public, and I think she's one of the youngest female billionaires, if not the youngest, or self-made billionaires, whatever that means, mm-hmm. like the non-Kylie Jenner types. Um, exactly. But yeah, I think it's really, I can't imagine, like, she's so young. She's, like, in her early 30s. I think she's, Which like, is also. Yeah, just fascinating to me that she, you know, it's not, it's using her early 30s and she did this and the app's been around for seven years. You know, it's very, yeah, very interesting. The other interesting thing about Bumble. She's 31. Yeah, to their credit. And she, she used to work at Tinder and she had a whole sexual harassment um, suit with them and stuff. And that was part of the impetus for Bumble being women sending the first message and stuff but bumble is the only major dating app that's not owned by match group so match group obviously has match.com and match group owns tinder and hinge actually as well so i did not know that if you want and they have had some like unscrupulous business practices like they have more like the match group stuff has more bots they were getting in trouble for like bait and switching with like the in-app purchases and stuff like that so if anyone's listening and they're like i don't know what's the app for me that is a a plus in bumble's category that like they are not part of this conglomerate of like every dating app under the sun that's very interesting okay also second crazy thing i just googled i was like let's see what happens what comes up if i just google dating apps and (laughs) Dating apps for teens came up. Oh. There was an article in Seventeen magazine called Seven Best Teen Dating Apps, Safe Adult Dating Apps for Teens. What? I'm like, no. no, no teens. The whole point of like high school is that you can just Yeah, you're supposed like, to be awkward. Meet people in algebra class. Yeah. What? Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, you should show that well, to David. I feel like he'll get a kick out of that. 
uh, I don't know. He'll probably now that his daughter is uh, getting closer to the age. Yeah. Um, I think there could, you know, could cause some poor. Can't wait. Um, anyway, I just wanted to do some hot, hot on the spot journalism yeah. here. There's all sorts of like niche ones too, like FarmersOnly.com, mm-hmm. Christian Mingle. People are on. Like there really is something for everyone. And I know we touched upon this earlier, but like I do think it's super fascinating that in such a short amount of time we're talking like three to five years the stigma around dating apps has completely evaporated to the point where it's it's almost like a pressure like if you're a single person who's over you know the age of 22 like you're out of college and you're not actively trying Mm -hmm. to date and you're not on a dating app then there's something wrong with you like I've definitely felt that pressure even in the last you know four or five months since my breakup it's like multiple people of different generations have been like when are you going to get on the apps the apps are such a good tool you're going to find someone like if you don't go on the apps we're in a pandemic you're never going to find anyone any other way like it's just so interesting that it's like three years ago I probably wouldn't have felt comfortable like Mm -hmm. talking to my friends and family about it and certainly not on this podcast like being so open about like the whole journey you know yeah Yeah, I love it. Well, and I just pulled this article that's talking about the current best dating apps. So if you're not a teen, (laughs) here are some interesting ones. The number one is Bumble. Is this Um, in terms of like number of users or what's the criteria that they're using? Uh, I think they're just, this is a opinion piece. Yes, a ranking opinion. But I wanted to mention it is because it is... um, it has some great options in here for our LGBTQIA friends, oh, yes. including um, Her, which is one that I haven't heard about, but that's partic- specifically for um, LGBTQ plus women. Yes. Um, so Jen queer, Tanti, lesbian, and bisexual out, women. Has been on that app and she has met oh, many excellent. lovely people. Excellent. And then it has the ones for like that are very exclusive, like Inner Circle and Raya. Oh, yeah. I want to get on Raya. Raya is like the dating app for For celebs. celebs. I want to get on it Mm -hmm. because Trevor Noah's on there. There's a lot of like hotties. Wait, doesn't he have a girlfriend? I swear I just saw something about him out with a lady. Oh, maybe he does have one now. I know he was on it because Christina from Guys We Fucked was on Raya and she was like talking about all the people that are on it. Rachel Hollis is on Raya. Mm. In case you were wondering. (laughs) Good to know. Good to know, Rachel Hollis. Uh, let's see. Oh, here's one I haven't heard about. Bristler, <laughs> which is all about dating people with beards. Oh, my God. Love that. Uh, David should have been called, on that. I know, right? Um, this one's called Muddy Matches, which is for people who live in the country, but not necessarily. It's like farmers only, but cool. These are very, like niche my thing with all these sites is like they sound cool but it's like Mm -hmm. a do they have enough people on them to make it worth it and b like is that your whole person like i made the joke that david should have been on bristler but like having a beard is not his whole personality you know what i mean no i mean true (laughs) he's very proud of his beard but here's another one uh is for um muslims uh but what's really interesting it is an app that allows you to include a chaperone this is fascinating. It's like the Duggars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, that one looks dumb. I feel like I need a chaperone. Keep me on track. Yeah, you probably do. <laughs> That's why Shay's there. Uh, 
Although salt is the anymore. new version of Christian Mingle for cool kids. Cool Christians. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Coffee Meets Bagel still made the list somehow. <laughs> I don't like Coffee and Meets then... Bagel. I was on that one in college, and I went on one date with this guy, and it was, like, very meh. And you only get, like, one... I know it's, like, supposed to be slower pace. But you only get one match per day. It's, like, eh. Too slow. Too slow. I know. I don't have time for that nonsense. Yeah. Well, I think we've really swung the gamut here. Yeah. I love it. So online dating, here to stay. I guess it's now called app dating. It's not really online. Yeah. No one's going on. I mean, people still are going on Match and eHarmony and stuff, but it's very, I think, more like casual. And that's why I like the new mindset around like a lot of the apps you know you can only go on them for a certain amount of time it's not like unlimited so you don't get burnt out on it because they are designed to be like slot machines like the instant gratification of like ooh, i got a message ooh, i got a match but yeah. I, i'm pro i i would say the gamification un- is really interesting yeah they're definitely like i'll try to i'll dig up an article and link to it because I've read about mm-hmm. this in the past, not in doing research for this episode, but just in general, that, like, the Match Group has hired former, like, casino people to design the apps, like, slot machines. Oh, interesting. So it's, like, that. to get you to, like, and a lot of the money, like, there's a lot cir- circulating about how Bumble makes money. Like, they make most of their money from in-app purchases. So you can purchase, like, additional likes or, like, super likes mm-hmm. or more matches a day and stuff like that. Um Hinge does the same thing. I think Tinder does the same thing. So it's really interesting. Like, I don't remember that being a thing years ago that you could even buy into, like, upgrades and yeah. stuff like that. So the business of it is super fascinating. I think my main takeaways from this are I'm happy that the stigma is gone and that it's a useful tool, but not the be all end all for your dating life. I agree. I agree. But it can lead to marriage and success and love and smooching like David and Shay. I love smooching David. That's such a delightful note to end on, I feel. Mm -hmm. David, who's currently out trying to find me the ingredients so uh, we can make TikTok pasta for dinner. I love it. Are you on TikTok? This is going off the rails at the end. but Because Jen made me go down the TikTok rabbit hole and I've like got my algorithm so perfect that all I see is dog videos and ex-Christian fundamentalists. It's an wow. amazing place to be. Wow. Are you on TikTok, Maddie? No, but maybe when I come visit you, you can show me. I'm just like terrified about the data stuff and I'm like, I don't have time. And I know yeah, I don't have time. It's like, yeah, well, exactly. It's like no one has time. And I feel like it's the exact type of thing that I would love and I would get really mm. into it because there's things yeah, that I'm like... It. I always go down these, like, my current Machine Gun Kelly episode. I'm sure there's fabulous TikToks about Machine Gun Kelly that I could just spend hours and hours on. So I don't want to, like, open the Pandora's box for myself. I will say, for me, I was – I I used to be slash still am a big Instagram user. I love it for business. I think it's got a lot of good things going on. But I really try to just use it as a tool. And for me, it's lost a lot of the, like, entertainment value. Um yeah. And Facebook really is just for kind of like keeping in touch with family and whatever. Uh, But the thing I like about TikTok is I'm not producing any content over there. So it's almost like instead of watching TV, I like go on for a half hour after dinner, look at some puppies, and then I'm done. Um, So that's how I use it anyway. I'm not 
yeah anyway okay not to get too much on a tangent yes. online dating true love okay. david is getting me ingredients for tiktok pasta we love I'm it leave it right there yes excellent right. well thanks campers Thank thanks campers thanks for listening camp adulthood is hosted by maddie yergi resident youth and shay keats camp adulthood we are produced by jenny mayfield and this episode was recorded in maddie's living room you can find us on social media at camp underscore adulthood. You can email us hello at campadulthood.com. And you can visit us at campadulthood.com. Thanks, campers. We hope that you enjoy your stay at Camp Adulthood.